So in this episode of the Video Median, we're going on a journey to explore the essential steps for creating an incredible home studio for voiceover work. Now picture this. We start by finding the perfect room with awesome acoustics. You know, where your voice will sound like pure gold. Then we dive into ways to enhance your recordings, like adding those fancy sound absorbing panels to the walls and experimenting with equipment placement for that optimal sound quality. But wait, there's more. We'll talk about investing on top-notch gear, like microphones and headphones that'll take your recordings to the next level. Trust me, it makes a world of difference. And of course, we'll guide you through the maze of recording software options, helping you set up everything just right. Now, here's the secret sauce. We'll delve into the importance of room acoustics and soundproofing. It's like creating your very own audio sanctuary. Plus, we'll share tips on monitoring recording levels and taking those well-deserved breaks during your sessions. Your voice deserves some rest, right? Lastly, we'll explore the finishing touches, like testing your equipment to ensure it's all working like a charm and saving your precious recordings in a safe place. These details make a big difference, believe me. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro, this episode is a gold mine of knowledge for anyone looking to create a killer home studio for their voiceover work. So grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and let's dive into this amazing world of voiceover studio creation together. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, hello, hola, and welcome to the VO Median a midlifer's journey into the craft of voiceover. My name is Javier Torres, your host, and in this transformative exploration into the fascinating world of voiceover, I share my personal experiences, triumphs, challenges, and setbacks as a midlife enthusiast. Through my podcast, I document my quest to become a successful full-time voiceover artist, all while holding myself accountable and staying committed to quarterly episodes. Together, we'll navigate this exciting industry, learn, and hopefully be inspired by both my insights and that of my upcoming guests, including fellow aspiring voice artists and successful freelancers, marketers, and industry entrepreneurs, as well as established voiceover luminaries. The goal is simple yet profound, to empower aspiring voiceover artists to embark on their own fulfilling careers. Join me for the incredible adventure ahead. This is a VO Median, a midlifer's journey into the craft of voiceover. If you're new to the voiceover industry, like many of us starting out, creating a home studio is essential for your success. With the right equipment and setup, you can record high-quality sound from the comfort of your own home, giving you the freedom to work on your own schedule and expand your opportunities. In this episode, I'll explore the key themes and ideas presented in the article Creating a Home Studio for VoiceOver, Tips and Tricks, and provide additional insights and advice for new voiceover artists. Shout out to my amazing coach Anne Ganguza and sound engineer Wiz Andy Tippetts 
for their keen, spot-on knowledge of this subject and sharing this quick guide for beginner voice artists. So the first thing you have to consider is where you're going to set up your home studio. You have to pick your spot. The first step in creating a home studio is finding a room with good acoustics. Hard surfaces like tile or hardwood floors can create echoes. So you may want to add area rugs or sound absorbing panels to the walls to reduce reverb. Additionally, consider the size of the room. A smaller room can often provide better acoustics because the sound waves bounce off the walls more frequently and this results in a more even distribution of sound. I once thought of, of setting up my home studio in a walk-in closet, which was not a bad idea, but unfortunately the walk-in closet was next to the restroom. So that, when I went to one of my mentors and shared this with him, uh, he said it was a definite no-no. Uh, you do not want to have a sound booth uh, or a place to record, even with the good acoustics next to the bathroom, because when someone flushes a toilet, <laughs> obviously, or when one uses the bathroom, it, that will not do any good towards your recording efforts. <laughs> um, it's also important to pay attention to the furniture in the room. Uh, soft furnishings like curtains, cushions, and upholstered chairs can help to absorb sound waves and reduce echo. If you're serious about creating a professional-grade studio, you should consider investing in acoustic panels, uh, clouds, and other soundproofing materials. I have yet to invest in any of this uh, uh, equipment that the article mentions. Um, and I am serious about creating a professional-grade studio. Uh, however, in the meantime, well, while I get there, uh, I've been using rather successfully um, <laughs> pillows and quilts uh, and I have even shared uh, a video of my uh, very very uh, improvised although effective little home uh, studio recording booth uh, on Instagram so you may want to check that out in Javier Torres Locutor just to give you an idea of what you can do without breaking the bank Invest in equipment. All right, well, investing in quality equipment, sure, it's crucial to achieving the best sound quality. A good quality microphone is essential. However, however, you may want to begin, as I did, with a lower-priced microphone. I began with a, a Blue Snowball Ice um, microphone, which was great initially. Uh, it got me going. And then I decided to upgrade to uh, the Samsung Q2U and that's the one I'm currently using right now, and it's been really good. Uh, it's, it's a it's a tough little mic, um, which has allowed me to uh, understand and become better acquainted with mic uh, proficiency, mic use proficiency, and as well as uh, allowing me to up to date record twenty podcast episodes here at the Biomedian, uh, Midlifer's Journey into the Craft of VoiceOver. 
And it's never failed me. It's uh, served me well. So I can't uh, talk enough about it. Uh, and I'll stop right now. But it's a great little mic. Of course, when I started uh, taking my first lessons uh, with my coach, Anne Ganguza, she suggested that I should eventually um, aim for a very fine microphone like a Sennheiser MKH416 or what they call the MKH416. And now this little mic is about $1,000. So just keep that in mind. Yes, you can get buy equipment that can really be a strain on your budget and not necessarily have the results that you're looking for. I'll go into that a bit later on. But no, you can start with something uh, in anywhere around that price of maybe $100-$120. If you want to go even lower, like I did, I started off, like I mentioned, with with a Blue Snowball Ice for $60. And from there you start building your your equipment uh, inventory. And when you start getting hired and start, you know, getting paid, then you can set aside an amount to eventually aim for the higher end mics like the Sennheiser 416, uh, which is an incredible mic, by the way, um, and something that I'm aiming for. In addition to a microphone, surely (laughs) you'll need a computer or a laptop with recording software. Now, it's actually important if you can afford it to have your laptop for just in general your day-to-day workflow in one laptop or pc the pc of course allows for much more capacity as far as you know memory and storage etc if you have the laptop well of course that allows mobility but that is reduced insofar as capacity Um, you can of course add add on uh, and uh, customize it to the level that you want, but the idea here is that you have one PC or one laptop, ideally, for your day-to-day, and then additionally, one laptop exclusively, exclusively for recording and your recording projects, because, and, of course, that connected to the uh, direct Ethernet. I'm not really certain what well, if that's called in, in English as well, Ethernet, which is like a direct phone line, so that you don't have any challenges, you know, with uh, uh, sketchy or or or, or weak uh, internet uh, connections, which is very important because if you're recording and something happens with the internet and it just drops, imagine that how 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 professional is that going to look for you? So, have your laptop and your a direct internet line set up apart from your everyday work, which will be in another laptop. Headphones for monitoring your recordings and microphones, well, of course microphones, but the microphone stand. That's important so you can position your microphone properly. Uh, there is one thing that I was taught by one of my mentors, which is called the distance, well, it's called a welker, and basically that's the ideal distance between the microphone and your mouth is one uh, shaka. Uh, a shaka is the um, greeting, I guess, the greeting that surfers uh, 
give you when they see you or when they greet you. You know, it looks like a horn, like a Texas longhorn sign. If you also may may be acquainted with that. So you put the pinky finger to the microphone and then the thumb to your um, mouth, to your lips, and the distance between your lips and the microphone is the ideal distance that you should always try to strive for and keep a watch on and look out for uh, when you're recording. So uh, it helps. Don't forget to also purchase a pop filter. In this case, when my Samsung uh, Q2U comes in with a foam ball, which allows for uh, pops uh, to be... Uh, Minimized, although I should probably be using a pop filter as well. Uh, I do have one, and uh, uh, if you think uh, th this would also help, let me know uh, if there's too much pops there in, in my recordings uh, of the pri pr uh, previous episodes. Just let me know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would like to improve that if necessary. They're not expensive, I mean, but it helps. Uh, it helps reduce unwanted popping sounds during recordings. Once you get all this, you have to set it up. Now this can be <laughs> a daunting task. Not many of us, especially starting out, know how to do this. We don't have the know-how or the savvy to set up uh, a recording studio, even if it's a small one in a walk-in closet or a small room that you may have in your house. Uh, we don't know how to do this, but there are professionals that know how to do this and I have two to share with you and one of them is Uncle Roy Jokelson uh, you can find him at globalacademy.com and uh, Uncle Roy has been serving the voiceover community for over three decades if you can imagine that as director producer engineer of many many commercial documentary and corporate recordings and sessions with uh, numerous high-profile New York City studios working with major advertising agencies like uh, J. Walter Thompson, uh, BBDO, Needham, Harper and & Steer, and Legal Burnett, among, among many others, pardon me. Now, the other soundproofing expert uh, is uh, Tim Tippetts, also known as the VO Tech Guru. You can contact him at votechguru.com, and my coach, Anganguza, uses his skills, his knowledge, his savvy, for anything involving soundproofing. He is the man, he is the expert, so enough said. <laughs> now, you have to ensure that your studio is optimized for the best possible sound quality. In addition, it's essential to consider elements such as room acoustics and soundproofing to reduce unwanted noise reflections. This you can really hear when you record and then you listen to your voice and you put it through uh, a DAW, uh, which is basically a digital audio workstation, like perhaps Audacity or um, GarageBand in case of, uh, of uh, Apple uh, with a Mac. And you put your headphones on and then you start tweaking the, the amplification functions of of each one of the DAWs, yeah, there's a learning curve that you have to go through to tweak and make it, make it better enough, at least to, in my case, you know, publish uh, ep podcast episodes effectively and with the requirements um, that that uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify require, because they will let you know if it's not working well, and likewise for uh, my. Uh, 
audiobook narration efforts with LibriVox.org. They also, they also require certain specifications uh, in your sound, uh, certain parameters, and this is where you, you become acquainted and familiar and knowledgeable about how to make the most of your DAW, your digital audio workstation. So when setting up your, uh, your studio, you have to keep in mind to monitor your recording levels to ensure you're not clipping, going too high, or recording too low. Again, this is a learning curve. You have to learn how to be within those parameters. It's not complicated. You just have to get acquainted with the technology. And additionally, my suggestion is that you should take breaks to rest your voice and keep your energy levels up throughout the recording process, whether that be being behind the mic for an audiobook or doing a corporate narration or some, you know, advertising a commercial uh, narration. In my case, which is right now what I'm, I'm deeply involved with, which is uh, podcasting, I do have to take that into consideration. I take breaks every so often, get up, away from the mic, then come back, listen to my recording, and I uh, go over it. And if I need to do uh, some something has to be redone or re-recorded, I do it. And then you take time, you take rest to also not stress your voice. Especially this goes for uh, long-form episodes in my podcast. I've had a couple of them, not like long-form episodes like Tim Ferriss. But yeah, he's, a, he's one of the big-time masters of long-form podcast episodes. There you really need to administer and manage your, your rest time because it does take a toll, just like you would like I mentioned, audiobooks, and more so when you're doing animation and uh, dubbing as well, and voice acting. All right, so now you are all set up. You have picked your spot. You have invested in your equipment. Uh, you also have contacted a knowledgeable sound engineer to help you with all that is involved with uh, setting up your studio, which can be, like I mentioned, a daunting task, but... Remember, Uncle Roy or uh, Tim Tippetts can help you with that. Before you start recording, it's important to test your equipment to ensure everything is working correctly. Now, the way to do this and how I do it as well is I record a short sample and listen back to it to check the sound quality. Once I'm confident that everything is working as it should, I get to work. Now, remember, Save your recordings in a safe place so you can easily access them later on. That way you, get, you don't get lost and you don't waste time uh, going through you know, files where you thought you had left this or that recording. Have them in one place. Be organized because that will help you be, be behind the mic more time, basically. You know, that's what we all want. We want to be behind the mic and you know, taking this project and this business to wherever we want to take it so that we can start making a living from it. So organization is, is a must. Additionally, you should continue to experiment with different placements of your sound equipment. I mean, it's not just you know putting it there and putting the panels and, and, the, and the mic in a certain way and the clouds and, and that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, ideally, if you hit that sweet spot, yeah, keep it. But maybe, maybe working with your sound engineer, you can probably find 
placements that will make your sound equipment find that even sweeter spot. Okay, so my final thoughts on this as a new voiceover artist creating a home studio for sure can seem overwhelming. However, I think that with dedication and attention to detail, one can achieve professional-grade sound quality from the comfort of your own home. Now, don't be afraid to invest in quality equipment and seek professional help to ensure that uh, your voice over studio is set up correctly. And I know that is one of the big challenges uh, of becoming a voiceover artist. I'm myself, I'm going through that, and it's been frustrating because my budget is already strained. <laughs> Uh, but I know that it is something that needs to be addressed. And having your own home studio allows you to have greater opportunities. One note, and this is something I learned uh, this past week when I was listening to a great podcast, by the way, uh, uh, Everyday Vopreneur with Mark Scott, one of my virtual gurus. I've, I've been following him now for about two, uh, yeah, two years now. He was asked the question by another student, what were the mistakes that he made when he first started out? And what he mentioned was that his mistake was not taking demo production seriously. Homemade demos right, don't, don't make first good impressions. It should be spending the time and the money on a top-notch produced demo and not so much on a home studio. So there you go. Different takes, different takes on this topic from very excellent coaches in this industry. Uh, both valid, I think, both valid. So I hope that was not too long, too boring for you guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the VO Median. I hope you found this, uh, this episode informative and engaging. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform to stay updated with the latest episodes. Um, in fact, if you want to hear a bit of what my challenges have been as of late in episode 20, where I share some of my more intimate ponderings about what's going on lately in my life, in my, in my mind, getting ahead with this uh, project of uh, BO, I share all that in episode 20. Take a listen to it. You're more than welcome. Uh, and also, if you wish to continue joining me uh, for the coming episodes, uh, by all means. Thank you so much. For exclusive behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Javier Torres Locutor. I appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more on the next episode of the BO Median. Bye now. Bye.